Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> there is a bomb! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together they worked the young team to the top. And now a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. It's gonna be sick. Marinero, the sick podcast on this Wednesday, May 31st. How is everyone doing today? I hope you're doing well, and I am very much looking forward to a regular collaborator on Wednesday nights, Marc-André Pedro. But before we get to him, the sick podcast is brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, recently named by Deloitte and CIBC as one of Canada's best managed companies, the country's leading business award, by the way which recognizes innovative and world-class companies. The best managed Canadian companies, this designation fuels energy's purpose of creating progress for their customers, their employees, and their communities. Join a winning team and check out Energy's career page for available opportunities. Also brought to you in part by these guys here, Labit Atibi. Brewed in Quebec, a winner of a dozen international awards, La Bitta TB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. And also brought to you in part by Murphy's Clinic, where I had a chance to go for laser hair removal. And uh, my buddy Agnello Cavallaro back at Master Control, so did he. Murphy Clinic, an aesthetic clinic specializing in medical aesthetic care. They offer permanent laser hair removal as well as a wide range of treatments for skin problems such as acne, rosacea, fine lines, and more. They currently have two clinics, one located in Montreal, Shop Angus, and the second on the North Shore in Terrebonne. They're also opening very soon in Quebec City. Visit murphyclinic.ca or on Instagram at murphyclinic. By the way, once again, I know I told you on Yellow Went, and they specialize in laser hair removal. That's to remove hair off your face or a body part and yellow did not have it done to his head by the way okay he lost that hair a long long time ago let's bring in a guy with a head full of hair marc andre perot from tva spa what's going on i used to have more but uh i'm still okay you know why you used to have more no i'm not no just no because you wear a cap (laughs) exactly the head needs to breathe and the hair needs to breathe i believe that by the way i'm no doctor by by no means but I just, I find that all my buddies that wore caps more than everyone else yeah. have less hair than everyone else. Have you ever not noticed really. that? Or, yeah. Uh, not really. I you don't, don't think so? You don't think the head, the scalp, the hair needs to breathe? You don't think so? Well, it's not like it's under his block or, uh, you know. I understand that. I understand. Anyway. Listen, it's just my theory. I don't know if it's true or not. What can I tell you? 
Okay, but uh, no, I'm, I'm I'm still fine. Thanks. Yeah, my son wears hoodies a lot, and I tell him, you know, you got to remove the hoodies. You got to make the hair the, the head the breathe. Yeah, but it's cool. Right? Uh, yeah, you're right. It is cool, and so are you. Uh, I you're pretty much on vacation, yes and no, because I mean you're working with me here, so you're not on vacation. But you're on vacation from TVS Sport because you worked the entire preseason, the entire season, and the playoffs. You will yeah. not be working the Stanley Cup final, and now there's two teams that are left. And by the way, good for you for picking Florida versus Carolina because we gave our predictions here, and I asked you, and you said, how do you want me to go against Florida? I can't. And I said, well, I am anyway. And you end up looking like a genius because they swept Carolina. It wasn't even close, even though Rod Brindamore says it was close. Well, it it was, but I didn't think it would be, you know, in four, but you know, Florida is such on a roll and, you know, confidence makes big things. And yeah. Bobrovsky's on fire, Ketchuk's on fire. And, and I, I told you, they're playing kind of uh, FU hockey. We don't care. We're just going to play our way. And yeah. it, it's working right now. The only thing, it's going to be nine days between game four uh, against Carolina and game one against Vegas. I, I think it's going to hurt them. Maybe not down the road at you know at the end but i think at first it's gonna hurt them it can only hurt them in game one i think but if they win that game one it will only help them like you just said in the long term so uh look are are you going with florida again uh no going with vegas vegas in six yeah yeah i'm going with vegas because of the depth uh if the fourth line is playing like they did last game uh I don't hold think... on a second. Hold on okay. a second. You and I are going to have fun here. You're going for Vegas because of depth. By the way, and you're not the only one because Vegas are actually favored by the uh, by the sports books. But Vegas doesn't have as much depth as Boston did. Uh, well, well, I mean, that's funny. It's funny, Mosey too. It's funny that if you're going to say differently, it's funny. Boston wow. Bruins just picked up three thousand points in the regular season. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Who? T- like, tell me a better third line than Vegas. Like, you have Stevenson, Stone, and sometimes Howden, sometimes uh, Amadio or whoever. But, you know, you have Mark Stone on your third line. Yeah. So, let's talk about depth. You have Nicolas Roy on your fourth line. That's a great fourth line, by the way. The line with uh, Nicolas Roy and William Carrier. Carrier and Blue, and, uh, Blue uh, not Bluger, uh, Colsar. Uh, very, it's, very it's, good line. It's quite something. And they have <clears throat> such a good chemistry and they, they, they like to play with one another. And I mean, okay. game six, it, I I mean, for a fourth line, it was one of the best performance I've seen. All like, right. Okay. It, so So listen to this for a second, okay? Yeah. Patrice Bergeron with Tyler Bertuzzi to his right, Brad yeah. Marchand to his left. You got that one? Pretty good. Yeah, that's good. David Krejci with David yeah. Pasternak to his right and Pavel Zaka to his left. That's very good. Charlie Coyle with Jake DeBrus to his right yeah. and Taylor Hall to his left. That's and big on name. the fourth line, Thomas Nosek with uh, Garnet Hathaway on his right. Trent Frederick to his left. On defense, Orlov, McAvoy, Carlo and Lindholm, Forbert and Greslick, and um, Olmark and um, and Swayman. 
Eh. Yeah, but you had injuries. You had—I mean, it's, yeah. it's tough to beat. And down three-one. I mean, it's it's almost a miracle. I, yeah. I I don't disagree with you. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. It's because you're saying I should take Florida because they they, they beat Boston in, in round one. Doesn't make sense, right? No, I, no, I think no, I think it's just like Vegas. They started. I don't know if we can say slowly, but I've seen them against Edmonton. I mean, that's a tough customer. Right? I'm just playing, you know, I'm playing with you right now. I'm just playing. Yeah, with you. No, I'm but, to, no, but my, my whole thing point. was my whole thing was because you said I can't go against Florida after they beat Boston and after they beat Toronto. I assume that you were going to take Florida in the final. I actually like the fact that you're taking Vegas. I think gotcha. it's kind of cool. I, I said, you know, I've been saying for the past couple of days. I believe Vegas is a deeper team, especially on the fence than Florida. But yeah. the logic is that they're deeper; they should win. But because there's been no logic in these playoffs, exactly. They, you know, you're, I, you're right. I'd have to go with Florida at that point. And I might end up be, being wrong because uh, wrong because uh, I mean they have uh, Brandon Montour is awesome. Uh, uh, Big Beard. What's his name? Radko Gudas. Uh, Radko Gudas is playing great hockey. Uh, yeah. Mark Stahl is playing well. So, I mean, it. it I think it's going to be real tight. So, but yeah. Vegas six or seven. But man, if Kachuk keeps on being clutch like that, it's going to yeah. be hard to beat. If Bobrovsky still, I, I think Bobrovsky, Bobrovsky is the, the 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 hotter goalie right now. Uh, Kachuk is the hotter player, hottest. Yeah, but. Uh, Yeah, I mean, Eichel is, you know, Eichel is quite something. I don't know if you had the chance to watch a few yeah. games, but he is great. Uh, Nick was awesome. Isn't, that, isn't that something that Jack Eichel was the second pick overall in that same draft year as Connor McDavid? Connor McDavid went number one to Edmonton. Jack yeah. Eichel went number two to Buffalo. And Eichel's Buffalo was in, like, the basement for, like, who knows? Like, ever since he got into the league, they've never really been able to get out of it. And yeah. then he basically forced himself a trade out of Buffalo, and the trade is pulled off with the Vegas Golden Knights yeah. for uh, for Peyton Krebs and uh, for Alex Tuck, and he gets out of there. He goes to Vegas, and they're four wins away from winning the Stanley Cup. And it's yeah. just that's the way. Sometimes, you know what? You need to be to be lucky uh, because because Jack Eichel would have stayed his entire career in Buffalo, and he probably would have never won. And now he's four wins away, and he probably will win it. So. Good for him. We wish him all and the he's best. A, We're gonna get he's to... a different person. I mean, the, Jack Eichel in Buffalo and Jack Eichel in Vegas, he was so nice with us, uh, kind of having fun with the fact, you know, that it was French TV, it was saying yeah. merci, and it was, you know, saying hi in the locker room, and just a, just a guy who looks happy, and he's he's playing great hockey right now. So. But, I mean, uh, you know, living in Buffalo, with all due respect to Buffalo, by the way, I don't want anyone in Buffalo mad at me, but living in Buffalo compared to living in the Vegas. Sub suburbs are great. Day, yeah, the suburbs are great, yeah. I, I, a lot of former players in Buffalo decide yeah. to live there after. Brian Jonta did, right? Yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I only uh, visited Buffalo. And I, and never, I, never, I never went to Vegas, so I don't know. But judging by uh, the images, judging by the pictures, I mean, we saw – like a video last night on the podcast, we showed it, which was yeah. at Circa Hotel. You saw that, right? And yeah. supposedly that outdoor area where all those swimming pools are and stuff like that, it's called the stadium. And Mike Zeisberger of NHL.com, who used to work for, I believe, the Toronto Star, uh, he mentioned to us that he looked up those loungers 
on a, on a regular day just to basically sit on that lounger, not to watch, just sit on that lounger or lie down on that lounger, never mind watching the game or whatever, it starts at 500 bucks US oh to lie down on that lounger. I mean, $500. Mine is no object over there. It's, nah, it's crazy. You're, it, you're but right. you, you always have your, your hand in your pockets in Vegas. But yes, it's, it's, it's great. But yeah, uh, I wouldn't live there. Well, I don't, I, I couldn't afford it. Yeah, no, I hear you. Uh, who knows? Maybe one day the numbers will come out. All right, okay. Um, we will talk about the Canadians in a minute or two. And by the way, uh, and I've mentioned, I'm going to mention it to you uh, as well. Uh, we we go. We're going to go with abbreviated versions right now of the sick podcast. It doesn't mean that we will not hit the one hour, uh, but there will be nights when we will, and uh, most nights over the next couple of months, I think we will not. Because we are in summer mode. And so instead of taking vacation, um, we're still going to continue to work through it. But uh, our vacation is going to be maybe more abbreviated shows. We'll get to the Canadians in just a second. Earlier today at 1.30 this afternoon, the Toronto Maple Leafs made official Darren Dreger's report that came out last night that after his research and talking to his people, he said that Brad Trilliving was going to be the 18th general manager in Toronto Maple Leafs history. And the announcement was made today. Nine years as general manager with the Calgary Flames, relieved of his duties in the last month. Prior to that, seven years as assistant general manager of the Coyotes. Brendan Shanahan said he wanted to hire someone that had a lot of experience. He got just that. The fact that he has experience in a hockey market and in a Canadian market like Calgary obviously helped. The last time I spoke to you, you told me that in your opinion, Mark Bergevin was a great GM. So I'm going to ask you right now, do you think the Toronto Maple Leafs made a mistake by choosing Brad Living over Mark Bergevin? I asked uh, Mike Zeisberger uh, yesterday. He gave me an interesting answer. I asked you the same question. No, I, think it, I think it was a good decision. I mean, he did... Last year, I mean, he was handcuffed, so he made like he made great things with, uh, you know, uh, Godreau wanted out, wanted to be out. Same thing with Kachuk. Huberdo and Uyghur are great hockey players, so it, it was a great job right there. But uh, I mean, I think he maybe stuck a little too long with his, <clears throat> sorry, with his head coach. But with Daryl Sutter, think, yeah, yeah, because, but again. They finished with more points than Florida, so let's not forget that. It's, it, it, I mean, it was not all bad. It's just that you know sometimes in a, in a hockey you just need a change. But I think it really hurt them to, to stay too long with uh, with uh, Coach Sutter. You wonder had Daryl Sutter been relieved of his duties earlier, and it was tough to do, by the way, because in 2022 he was the coach of the year. Like it's a very very tough thing to do. Yeah, but that's but how you hockey wonder, works. You wonder had he been relieved of his duties. If Gojo oh, would have wanted to stay in Calgary, and if uh, Matthew Kachuk would have wanted to stay in Calgary, probably, probably. But I mean, you're talking about uh, he was coach of the year. I mean, uh, last year uh, Pete DeBoer and uh, Cassidy were fired, and now they they ended up in a conference final. So uh, you know, yeah. you, you can't say you know, oh, last year he did this, did that. No, it, it doesn't work like that in hockey. You know that. Same thing for Paul Maurice, by the way, first year with uh, with the team, and uh, he makes it to the Stanley Cup final. But exactly different circumstances. Know. But uh, yeah. and, but and, anyways, and if he would have relieved Sutter of his duties, and if it's a big and and it's a big if, Johnny Hockey would have stayed, and Matthew Kachuk wouldn't want out. 
Well, I can't. Tree confirm, Living would still probably still be in Carolina, in uh, in, Cal in Calgary. Part of me. Probably, but yeah. Let's let's say after. I mean, last summer he did the best he could. Okay, so he, he still had a great team in front of him, mm -hmm. and I think he if he would have taken the decision to let Sutter go, like I don't know, December, January, when it was obviously. It was clear that something was wrong. Mm -hmm. I think they would have made the playoff. Yeah. So, but I hear uh, you. Yeah. Hey, Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Interesting conversation uh, with Nick Suzuki. Let me just bring up something here off of Twitter, if we can. Après deux campagnes pénibles, Nick Suzuki se réjouit d'entendre la haute direction du Canadien hausser les attentes pour la prochaine saison. After two painful campaigns, Nick Suzuki is delighted to hear the Canadian senior management are raising expectations for the next season. This from Simon Olivier Larange of La Presse newspaper. All right, okay. Um, we know where Jeff Gordon stands. We know where Kent Hughes stands. We know that Jeff Molson hired Jeff Gordon, who hired Kent Hughes, so that a rebuild could take place. Um, I... I I believe at times they have told us that they, they they wouldn't mind an accelerated rebuild. And at times they have told us that, you know what, if they need to be on the losing side for the next couple of years, it, it's, it's not the end of the world. Okay. So how do you think it's going to go down and what do you make of those comments by Nick Suzuki? Well, I mean, did we learn something? <laughs> I mean, it's a, it, I'm just saying that it's obviously they want to be better a little bit every year until i don't know what's the plan maybe four three four years yeah no but the but, reason why i asked you the question is you don't think based on what we're hearing now that they're boom the goal is to make the playoffs next season i think so i think that that's the plan i just think that they were not they just were not uh, lucky enough for the draft you know being first obviously second would have helped a lot so i i think it's gonna take some time but now you still have to sign caulfield you still you know you have to be careful with the, the amount of money you're, you're spending on him uh kind of contract you're giving him yeah. at, at the end of the day in two or three years it might have a you know great effect yeah but uh i i think the plan is you know to have to fight for the playoffs but because again, we see what's happening right now. Once you famous Bergevin quote, but once yeah. you get in the playoff, you you never know. But I don't know. When you watch, and it's it's the same. Even in twenty twenty one, when they they made it to the finals, you look at other team, and they seem so far from you know just from from Florida, from uh, Vegas teams like that. So I don't know. It's, I mean, a, a lot of young players will have to take a big step. So, yeah. for to me, that's the biggest question. But what kind of know, step the young will play? The young player will will take. There's a lot of people watching and or listening right now who are saying, you know what? It's it's probably not impossible to think that they can make the playoffs next year because all the injuries they had, they were so competitive in the games yeah. with half a team. Imagine right. if the whole team is there. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm not, I don't necessarily agree with that by the way, but because I no, think I, the I, games were meaningless down the stretch. There's no pressure. Exactly. You're just playing, right? 
yeah, when you know you're not gonna make the playoffs, it, it, it's different. But uh, to me, goaltending situation is a big question mark. I mean, I don't know. We'll we'll see. Uh, it's a young decor, it, and it's it's not gonna be much older next year. Edmondson is, you know, he's not healthy like you know it's not uh, optimal for him Savon yeah. is going to be one year older so what about Edmondson, the young Edmondson will be moved by the deadline that's a big possibility but so decor to me is the big question mark and then after in front is Slavkovsky going to take a step what kind of step will Suzuki take Caulfield can he score 30 40 50 so many questions. So Coffee, uh, Slavkovsky took a step in education, by the way. I don't know if you saw that on social media, but I think he returned home to his motherland, and it looks like he graduated from high school. Did you see that? Oh, did he? Yeah, no, yeah, I yeah. did not. Yeah, oh, yeah, great news. He's such yeah. a great kid. I mean, yeah, the, the, this kid. locker room, the, the biggest strength of, of this locker room, if they have great kids, great personalities, you have Slav, uh, Caulfield, you have uh, Gouley, is a great kid, Jack I, uh, Jordan Harris. I mean, he's just a a nice person. So that's, to me, that's one of the biggest assets of Montreal right now. Montalbo, yeah. Saval. So anyways, I could go I, on I and spent, on. But... I spent two hours with Gouli on Sunday oh, afternoon. You? Yeah, because of course, one of our proud sponsors here at the Sick Podcast is uh, sports card store La Tornade on 1 Avenue de, de la Fabrique in Vaudreuil d'Orion. And they had an autograph signing between 1 p.m. and 3 p.m. with Caden Gouli and former Hab, Yvon Lambert. And oh, nice. so uh, the, the sick team was there. Um, and uh, so we spent a couple of hours together. And, um, I, you know, Agnello said to me in the parking lot when we left, I think he's become my favorite Montreal Canadian. I think he will be for a very long time. Just a genuine, good person. Wow. Polite, yep. respectful, well-mannered, made time for everyone, signed everything, signed everything he needed to sign took pictures with everyone, engaged in conversations, and not just conversations about sports or hockey or football or the Team Canada game that was going on at the uh, the World Hockey Championships that he was watching uh, at the same time, but also, you know, wanting to know a little bit about yourself and wanting to know a little bit about your your, your mm -hmm. background. And uh, uh, wow, very impressed. Yep. Very, very great impressed. Person. So again, they have a lot of great kids, so that, that's going to help. Yeah, and you know, you talked about uh, Slavkovsky. Slavkovsky um, was uh, was uh, was on with uh, with uh, my buddy Chris Nyland on the Raw Knuckles podcast, probably about uh, give or take three or four weeks ago, maybe a month ago. Time flies when you're having fun. It was probably a month ago, but anyway, he, um, you know, when when Knuckles would ask, "You're going to win the Stanley Cup with this group?" Oh yeah, for sure. Like, there's a lot of players. That wouldn't answer, and maybe that's he's young and he's a little bit naive, but he's genuine, you know, and uh, yeah. he's, he's very, very, uh, very, very genuine, very, very genuine. And, and he, he's, I, I like he's him a lot. funny when he when he started. I mean, sometimes it can be impressive to have so many cameras or yeah. microphone, uh, and he was just having fun with it. Uh, not he was just not scared of media like we, we've seen so many players being scared for nothing and you know being careful or of what you're saying what you just just be yourself and it, it's gonna work and Slavkovsky yeah. understood that so well 
So he's just he's yeah. just a great kid. Yeah. Speaking of a good conversation, uh, Montreal Canadiens head coach Martin Saint Louis. I don't know if you caught this, but a couple of nights ago was on sound these, bites. Was on the Spitting Chicklets podcast. Okay. Yeah. And um, and one of the things he said was um, he was um, he was asked about his entry into the National Hockey League, right? And he said, you know. I had the ability to be a player early on in my career, and I had the ability to be a good player. He said, but the reason why it didn't happen, he says, because mentally I wasn't ready. He goes, I put the National Hockey League on such a pedestal that, you know, it's the pinnacle, it's the highest of the high, that I was wowed that I was on the ice with so many greats Mm-hmm. and playing against so many greats. And I just, I couldn't believe that I was at the show. And so I was overwhelmed in that respect. So the hockey part of it, like I knew I was a good player and I knew I can play, but I put the NHL so much on a pedestal that mentally I wasn't ready to be one of those very good players in the league. And I was... And this shouldn't surprise me because you and I have been talking about Marty St. Louis in terms of being a genuine person. We've been talking about him mm-hmm. all season. Such humility, though, eh? Yeah. He, I, I think, well, so much different from what I experienced with him when he was in New York. He, but, well, he, he said in that podcast, isn't it, that, that uh, you know, he took some, some, leadership and how to speak in public uh, yeah. courses and, and you, I, I mean, after you his career he was he was doing a lot of public speaking yeah yeah and this guy even if it's a tuesday morning press conference i, I don't think i've i mean i can count on my hands the number of time you know he didn't felt like he didn't want to be there or didn't want to say anything interesting i mean it doesn't happen he's all when he talks he talks and it's so I, I I mean I did not see him like often when he was in New York, but it's it's a world of difference. And now it's I mean it's a treat to have him every day in Montreal. I I hope to have him on the podcast sometime soon. I I figure if he does one out of Pittsburgh, he'll end up doing one out of Montreal. I, fingers crossed. Right. I hope. But I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this. It's funny because so I remember uh, early on in my career I did some reporting. And so I would show up to the Bell Center, microphone in hand, and go get some interviews uh, at practice, after practice, before games, after games, and all that stuff. And um, I remember being in the visitors' locker room one day, and it was the Tampa Bay Lightning and Marty St. Louis. And I was a little bit wild because there was a lot of star power in that locker room, right? Marty St. Louis, Vinny right. LeCavalier, Steven Stamkos, Brad Richards. On. Brad Richards, correct. The list goes on and on. And um, I I don't remember if I talked to St. Louis or not, but I was somewhat intimidated because oh. he just didn't seem very approachable. I didn't get the feeling that he liked the media very much, and I didn't get the feeling that he wanted to talk. And I, I, it looked like he put up his guard and it's like, it was like, you know what? Don't talk to me. I'm not in the mood type of thing. And so no, you know, not many people ended up talking to him. I, I don't remember if that was the case too with, uh, with our, our French media, of course, 
because he did interviews in English and in French. Was yeah. he more accommodating, or was he like that? That no, you I, I think it was. Uh, I think he was just like a cold person when he was playing. I, I, I was told that it was kind of a nobody believed in me. Now I'm gonna show you kind of mentality. I, I don't know if I mean again. I it's just I've heard that from colleagues in New York that yeah. you know they kind of noticed that maybe it's the case and. I mean, it worked. It worked, <laughs> but uh, his eyes. I remember his eyes, and you know, he was he was uh, at his stall, and he would you know, asking to talk if he was available, and he would just do that. And you know, with with his eyes, you were okay. I I can't like go wrong or ask a stupid question because uh, it's not gonna end well. <laughs> but you know, smaller players to make it to that level, when so many people bet against them you you have to be oozing character right it's wow. you, you have to have character like like off the charts and look at marshall so what well, you're right about that it's another great example i never had a chance to watch the pocket rocket Henri Richard play of course i know like you do that he's won more stanley cups than anyone 11 stanley cups and he was a catalyst a real hero in the montreal canadian stanley cup win in 1971 in game seven he scored two goals in that hockey game. Jacques Lemaire scored one. The Canadians won by a score of three to two. And Ken Dryden made a save that still today, uh, what what is it, um, 50 years later, people are still talking about the save off of uh, Jim Pappen. And, um, and, um, but based on everything I've heard about the pocket rocket, Marty St. Louis had a little bit of pocket rocket in him. You know, the, he had, he that, had the, the eye of a rocket, the, 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 but yeah, it, the pocket had those eyes too, but obviously the rocket was, was infamous for those eyes, but that, that competitive fire burning in him, that those, that huge leadership, he had that. Yeah. And you know what? He still has it. He's a lot more mellow as a coach, but when he gives certain speeches just to the media and l- let alone his players, I'm inspired when of I hear him talk. Sometimes I am too. Like I'm in my car after practice. I'm like, okay, I'm going to use that in my life and I'm going to use this and use this. So, you know, he's, he doesn't speak for nothing. And that, I mean, that's, that's a quality not a lot of people have. So that's, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, you do have I, it. You do uh, have it. No, no, I, sometimes I speak for nothing. Believe me, I do. Uh, here's a clip. It, it lasts over two minutes, but it's it's really intriguing and it's really worth it. Uh, once again, Marty St. Louis on the Spitting Chicklets podcast. Listen to this. Again, I, I really, you know, patience is a big part of it, you know, but, you know, like, like I always say this, like everything, everything in life has an expiration date, you know, you know, we do you know, everything. And I think patience as one as well, you know, like to me and, 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 and to me, the, the, the player's attitude and commitment will dictate how much patience you're going to have with them. But, uh, you know, for me, like looking back at my career again, I feel like, you know, all my experience really prepared me for the job that I have now, especially how the way the league is now, you know, because, you know, I was, you know, obviously I played college, but then I was an American league guy. I was a call up. Uh, I was a guy sitting in the stand in the NHL. Uh, you know, obviously, I, I worked my way to, you know, being a top six, an all star. You know, so I feel like for me on my bench with my players, there's not one guy that I don't really understand what he's going through. 
So I feel like I can help each and every one of them, obviously differently. Uh, they all have their own expectation. Uh, they all have different type of pressures. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, the, uh, that's probably one of my favorite thing to do is, 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 is coach the individual, which I think it's a big part. I think if you're able to coach the individual, I think collectively we're all going to benefit from that. But I feel as players in this league, my experience from my time in the NHL, I think the individuals got lost. You know, I think everything was about coaching the team, you know, not the individual. And I think we've taken a huge step in development in many sports, uh, you know, and that's something that I've been very uh, inside of that in my last, you know, coaching the kids. And I, you know, I've done a lot of, of research and how to, you know, and, and I've leaned a lot on a lot of people and, uh, you know, I've never been a guy that think knows it all, but I've always been somebody that's uh, willing to find the answers and the answers are everywhere. Uh, but you just gotta, you know, sometimes be patient to find them. And uh, so I would say patient is, 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 is huge in terms of finding those answers and it's okay to not have all the answers, but it's, 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 but uh, we cut it short there. But I think you said, but it's a, it's a crime not to go looking for them, I believe you said. Okay. What, a, what an answer, though. Did he get it right when he talks about, about player development that, you know, it, it got lost and coaches well, I mean, have ended up coaching a team and not players? That's, that's why Adam Nicholas is there and he's doing such a great job. And after not every practice, but pretty much he takes one player and they work on something. Uh, like they were working at the beginning of the season with uh, Justin Barron, the way he moves his feet on the on the blue line. Uh, he did the same with Jordan Harris. And, you know, sometimes it's puck handling with this guy or whatever. So, I mean, he's not only saying this, but Montreal Canadiens, like, actually do this. And it's, I mean, he's 100% right. Uh, it, it, it's always, hockey is always about the team, about the team. But, you know, they, you have individuals who are making the team. So at one point you have to work specifically on stuff for yeah. you know, each player. So yeah, it's, it's music to my ears. Another, another uh, clip that got my attention. We don't have it here, but it was, it went something like this as he was asked about, you know, coaching and going from coaching uh, Pee Wee or Bantam or whatever to coach at the national hockey league. And he said that he was such a fan of the game that sometimes, you know, it's, it's kind of like, going fast and uh and yeah. um you know even for him as a young coach he was trying to adjust and then all of a sudden you end up going on a power player all of a sudden you end up being a man short and then well, you know you kill off the penalty and then all of a sudden you're back to uh five on five again and he said it was but he said the players nowadays they're they're much more into it than when he was playing when he was playing it was up to the coaches a lot and now the players have taken that responsibility to i'm up next i'm up next they talk a lot and stuff but once again too the humility and we saw that during the season to basically say that it goes fast and at times it went too fast yeah. for him but you know what yeah. it's gonna come and with time it's it's getting better and he's getting more and more comfortable it's not well, it everyone was, that would admit it, stuff like this it, it was legit questions the fact that you know he he jumped from peewee to a to a national hockey league and i mean it was obvious that there would be a uh you know a adjust adjustment period and to me when he showed lots of humility i mean when he was saying that sometimes it was going fast and he improved blah 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 but after uh 
you know, you remember in Nashville, I told you that story that uh, he they were losing a lot and uh, we were like, okay, we're going to give the break, a uh, uh, media break to the coach because he talked a lot lately and he said, no, mm-hmm. I'm not going to hide. I'm going to talk to you guys. And he, you know, he, he insists to talk to the media, you know, to take the heat on him. And, and then they lost that game in, in Nashville. And I remember the day after it was an off day and the four coaches got together and they, you know, they, they spent the entire off day searching for solutions. And he, he said at one point, it, it was like we were out of solutions and we needed to, you know, go back to basic. And, and after that, they started again playing better hockey. But just the fact that he admitted that at one point it was very tough. It was the, probably the low point of the, of the season and they were short of solutions. And then, you know, I, I, it, I was, I, I was surprised by how humble he is, and he does, he's not scared of showing, you know, his not his weakness, but you know, sometimes saying that, you know, yeah, it's it's tough right now, but we're gonna work our way out, and he does. So, yeah, very impressed. Hey, by the way, uh, hadn't mentioned this, but I will now. The Seattle Kraken. Uh, extending general manager Ron Francis through the 2026-2027 season uh, based on knocking off the defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche. I mean, who can blame them, right? Of course. Did a great job. Uh, I think everyone's surprised by how fast it was for them. I'm not sure it was the plan. Not sure it was the best thing for them uh, because of the, the draft, but I did. I mean, who knows what what's gonna be? Uh, what is it gonna be next year? But uh, yeah, would have been great to have Seattle Vegas yeah. Western Finals. Would have been great. There was um, there was a report, by the way, elsewhere in the National Hockey League that uh, Peter Laviolette was gonna be named the head coach of uh, the New York Rangers, but uh, John Hines, ex New Jersey Devils an ex-Nashville Predators coach has been granted permission to speak to the Rangers. Yeah, I mean, some coaches, you wonder how many like lives they have in a short span. And yeah, John Hines is one of them. He's, but hey, good for him. But I'm, it's, I just, recycling coaches, it's always, you know, there's a new one in, in, in Washington, so it's going to be interesting to, to watch. Yeah. But, man, it's always the same names that come back. And it, I don't know. There must be, you know, Benoit Gru, when? Yeah, and Andrew Burnett, we forgot to Andrew Burnett, of course, named Andrew the uh, Nashville Predators coach, <clears throat> who, by the way, had done a great job with the Florida Panthers. He did. He, he did. He's a, a power play genius, Panthers. by the and, way. So. And he was the assistant coach of the New Jersey Devils. And I was talking to Michel Bergeron. You probably had the same conversation with uh, Le Petit Tigre. And when we were talking about um, the New Jersey Devils knocking off the New York Rangers, he kept on telling me, Tony, Andrew Brunette. Lui, là, personne parle de lui. Mais lui a fait tout un job en Floride. Puis, puis tu sais... Lindy Ruff, là, il a toujours été Lindy Ruff, c'est toujours le même gars, mais avec l'addition d'Andrew Brunette, là, lui, c'est la clé. He, was, he said, he's the key to the devil's success that they had. He was very, very high on him. Mm-hmm. He got into um, 
some some trouble over the past couple of years. Have you seen that video that circulated, by the way? Have you seen nope. that? Well, he was arrested, eh? Oh yeah. Well, it, it was the UI, right? Yeah, he had uh, he had a drink or two, and um, that that video ended up becoming public. And uh, I didn't yeah. see it. What what's on it? Uh, no, it just it's 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 uh, in the video. He says to the police officer when the police officer asks him to walk and to talk and whatever. And he says to him, he says, I, I, I coach the Florida Panthers. Eh? I, I coach the oh. Florida Panthers. And the police officer was just not impressed. Well, he probably he, doesn't know there's a hockey team there. Yeah, well, uh, he will know if they end up winning the Stanley Cup. But anyway, well, he's so probably know moves, by now. So many moves in the National Hockey League. Hey, thanks for taking the time. Regular collaborator on Wednesdays. And uh, we appreciate you doing this. Uh, and thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. Pleasure, my friend. See All everyone. right, there you have it. Marc-André Perrault from TVA Spar. And thanks to all of you for listening and all of you for watching. Of course, on YouTube Live, Facebook Live, and Twitter Live. And you can also listen to us on uh, Google, Apple, or Spotify. If you're watching us once again on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel if you don't have it already. It's absolutely free. Tell your friends about it. The more, the merrier, because the more people join, the more subscribers, the more money we'll make. It's a beautiful thing. Everyone's happy. Uh, no, but all kidding aside, if you enjoyed the podcast tonight, like it, share it with your friends. Comment sick right now. S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K. And if you're going to listen to us on Google, Apple, or Spotify, leave us a five-star review. It's our way of feeling the love. For Agnello and Sammy at Master Control, we'll be back tomorrow night, same time, same place, at 10 p.m. Eastern. There, Cavallaro. I'm Marinaro. Felicita. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature.